This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series entitled Unlocking Success, The Crucial Role of Culture in Compliance. This podcast series is sponsored by Diligent. Since at least October of 2021, when Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco announced the Department of Justice would begin to evaluate corporate cultures as a part of the enforcement process in FCPA enforcement action, compliance professionals have struggled with how can they measure, assess, manage, monitor, and improve their culture. Well, we're going to answer all of those questions in this series. Over this five-part podcast series, we will be addressing the following questions. What is culture? How do you assess culture? What is a culture management strategy? How do you monitor culture? And finally, how does that monitoring of culture lead to continuous improvement of culture? First, a word about diligence. Diligence empowers leaders with a holistic view of their organization's governance, risk, compliance, audit, and ESG practices so they can make better decisions faster, no matter the challenge. Ready for purpose-driven compliance? Diligence equips leaders with the tools they need to build, monitor, and maintain a culture of open, transparent ethics and compliance. For more information or to book a demo, visit diligent.com. In this part three, I visit with Jessica Chejuga on culture management strategy. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode, and I'm thrilled today to have with me Jessica. Jessica, first of all, welcome back. Thank you. It's great to be here. She is one of my new most favorite people in compliance because she is not from the compliance uh, space and a professional background. So she brings a completely different mindset to compliance and has really given me lots of opportunities to think through new approaches and new ways. So Jessica, with that somewhat long-winded introduction, could you tell our audience or remind them rather about your professional background? Sure. So I've been working in the training and development space for probably upwards of 20 years. And I've had the opportunity to work in many areas, uh, finance, quality, and of course, compliance and ethics, as well as leadership. And so I have run the gamut and I love to teach and I love to talk about training. So it's awesome that I get the opportunity to do that with you. And so I was excited that I could have the chance to visit with you about developing a culture management strategy. We're trying to help compliance professionals understand their requirements under the new DOJ regulations or requirements around assessing, managing, and improving culture. So we've had uh, prior episodes about what is culture, what's a culture assessment, and now we're going to turn to, you've been given a culture assessment. It notes some pluses, some minuses, some different things. But from your perspective, how would you counsel a compliance professional to think through managing culture? I love that you asked this because I have, from experience and research, have found that there is a key component in a company culture. There's a key component group of people that I think have the biggest impact on 
the organization's culture. And I find this to be true in both large and small organizations. And if you, if you really think about it, the managers in your organization are probably the most influential group you have. They are boots on the ground in many cases. They are constantly in contact with the employees that report to them. They have a lot of ability to talk and influence. They can support, promote, permit, and ignore. <laughs> they, got, they have a lot of power. And so I think part of your culture management strategy is to reach to that group and find a way to get that group on board and very strongly rooted in your culture and what you want your culture to look like. And they, without even being told, will drive that message deeper and deeper into the organization. That answer is exactly the reason that I love talking to you about compliance. I have never heard anyone say the key to culture is a gatekeeper. And what's even more, I want to say brilliant, but that's exactly what you say about compliance. What's the key to compliance? It's the gatekeepers. And what do you do? You empower them, you train them, and then you let them go off and do their thing. And one of the themes I've tried to emphasize throughout this podcast series is that the measurement, the assessment, the measurement, the improvement of culture is really no different than any other thing in a corporation. And you hit on it exactly by talking about the managers. So you've identified who. Now let's maybe turn to the how. So you're sitting in compliance. You've identified or you counseled your compliance professionals to, to look to the managers. How do we train managers? How do we educate them? How do we give them the tools that they can help manage a strategy, culture strategy for an organization? So much like any message that you want to convey through training, you need to set up a really strong training program for the managers. But I think the key in that strategy is not just giving them the information. So I know in training overall, the mix of the knowledge and the application is the key, right? It's the going, it's giving them the information and then having them practically apply it or practice it. And so I think the key here is very similar. You would want to develop the messages of culture that you want them to know, digest and disseminate, but you also want to spend a chunk of that training time, probably more so than the information being given to them, practicing that, whether that's role-playing, whether that's having conversations with their employees, whatever that looks like in your organization, that practical application is what will drive the behavior change. And it'll also give them more of that feeling of how this will work and how they will deliver those messages themselves. When I talk to compliance officers about their managers, they often say, The managers want to know how to intake, how to listen, how to respond, how to take the information that an employee may either come in their office and say, raise their hand and speak up, or be a part of a conversation. How do you counsel managers to not simply be the sponge, but then use that information, either to pass it up to the appropriate 
person or persons or work with the employee, particularly around culture issues? So I think when you think about that scenario, it's having a really clear process for what the manager should do. So if somebody comes to you and has an issue, making sure the managers know exactly what that process looks like. Is it going to their manager? Is it going to the compliance office? Is it going to HR? What, what are the, what's the route that they need to take or what routes that they need to take and have the managers have a really strong understanding of that. One of the things that I've seen happen in courses that I've taught is when you want them to understand what that looks like or feels like, we've actually brought in people from those offices into our training classrooms or into the training environment and have them speak and then have our manager speak to them. This is a scenario that I'm in. Do I go to you? Who helps me, right? We have a panel where we had compliance and HR and managers and we had everybody working together to flesh through some of those scenarios and see what the real life application, that's why I was talking about the real life application. It's not just saying call the hotline or tell HR, it's sitting them down, talking to these people. What does this look like? What does this feel like? What kind of counseling am I going to receive back? What, how do I talk to my employee? HR professionals are wonderful at counseling on how to talk to um, employees about difficult and challenging situations. So again, I think it, it's a lot of that practical application, that practical interaction that's really going to help them and drive that messaging. Jessica, you mentioned HR. I'd like to maybe turn the focus to ask you, how can compliance use HR, if not directly as an adjunct, to help improve uh, culture going forward? You mentioned some of the skills that HR has that you've seen HR utilize. Should the chief compliance officer or compliance professional, uh, I guess if it was pre-pandemic, we'd go down the hall and have a cup of coffee. Now it may be schedule a Zoom call. How can the compliance function utilize those professional skills of the HR function? So I know when we talked the last time, I'm really big in my training, any of the training that I've done on partnerships. Every single department in an organization should always be looking for opportunities to partner with other organiz- like other parts of the organization. HR is based on people, they do people management. And so I would think that if I was a compliance officer in an organization, I would want to speak to someone in the HR function about the types of messages I'm trying to deliver. How do we speak to the different levels of employees? How do we speak to, again, our managers and others? I I think that there's a lot of opportunities that HR drives messaging, compliance drives messaging. Why are we not looking at how those messages can be driven together because when you look at messaging that's delivered to the organization, I feel like there's so much power when it comes from several departments working together. It sends such a, a there's a tone at the top that when employees start to see these departments working together and their messaging is consistent across those different departments, it shows the, the employees in the organization that it's important that it matters to several different groups of people and that it's not just coming from this one source. I hope that answers what you're asking. Absolutely. I have always maintained or long maintained rather that HR has more touch points with employees or has as many touch points 
with employees as any other corporate function. So even pre-employment, there'll be usually after submission of a resume, there'll be a pre-employment screening. There may be a pre-employment screening phone call. And then there may, it may move to a formal interview and then it may move up the chain. But even after hiring, you're going to have, when you're brought on board for onboarding, there will typically be an annual touch point uh, around a review or other type of information around incentives. And I've always said that HR can talk about compliance in each one of those to reinforce that message. Can that same concept be used around culture? I would think so. Um, so one of, I know one of the things that we at Diligent in our training component library deal with a lot is we get a lot of requests for people that says, how do we drive a culture of reporting? Reporting meaning product complaints, meaning personnel complaints. And most people think of reporting to HR, right? Sometimes compliance, but a lot of people think HR. So again, I think there's a really big opportunity for HR to work with the compliance team or a compliance officer, whoever is in those roles, to say, to drive that same messaging. We want people to know that we want them to report. We want them to do this. We want them to do that. The messaging coming from both angles is always going to be a stronger message than both. And then when you incorporate the training function and you're driving those same messages in your training, it's, it's a win because you're delivering that message over and over again. And Tom, from talking to me last time, repetition is always our best friend. <laughs> so having that message driven from several different departments is definitely going to push the culture messaging and keep that in the forefront of the employees' minds. How does either the compliance function or the HR function document these messages, these communications? Can it be as simple as a few notes of a meeting sent to HR or some other repository for information? How would you suggest these communications be documented? So I, so I think a lot of organizations, being some are big, some are small, some are right in the middle, they have, a lot of organizations have their own ways of documenting things that, are, that work best for them. I would think keeping, now we can share documents through different means, and I think keeping a running document that has all the messaging that's shared between all the functions that you want involved in it is, a, is an awesome way. We do it a lot. At Diligent, we share a lot of documentation across different functions that's visible to a lot of people. They can be, the information can be added to the document and it updates for everyone. So it's a great way to, to keep running log of everything that you're either doing or want people to do, et cetera. So I always thought that was a pretty effective way to do it. Jessica, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I hope our listeners will join us for our next episode where we take up monitoring of culture. Jessica, before I leave, I wanted to ask you if uh, listeners wanted more information on the topics we've touched on today, what might be the best place for them to go? You can always start at our website, www.diligent.com. We have a ton of information that can be reached in on that website, and I'd be happy to, to chat with anyone. If anyone ever wants more information, you can find me on LinkedIn. Jessica, once again, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to visit with me, and I greatly hope we can continue this conversation. Sounds great. I would love to. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Unlocking Success, the Crucial Role of Culture and Compliance. 
We're going to link to some great Diligent resources in show notes. Diligent, of course, is the sponsor of this podcast series. I hope you'll join me tomorrow where I'm joined by my good friend, Michael Parker, who talks about monitoring culture. If you've enjoyed this podcast series, I hope you'll subscribe, rate, review wherever great podcasts are listened to. This special five-part podcast series has been a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.